Hello and welcome to The Insider. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome to our viewers and to our listeners. Today we're getting updates on the COVID-19 pandemic here in our area and on the very latest on hospitalizations, treatments, vaccines, and really how we should live our lives during this phase of a problem that is clearly not going away. My guest is Dr. Christopher Clark, president of AHA and St. Vincent Hospital. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back again. So let's start with where we are right now. We're hearing that this Omicron variant has peaked in some cities. In your view, has it peaked here? Well, I think so. Um, there are some indications, certainly because the demand for testing has gone down. Uh, you know, from a hospitalization perspective, we've seen a dramatic decrease week over week in those that require hospitalization. So specifically, we've had 36% decrease. Wow in hospitalizations from last week compared to the previous week. Um, and one thing to call out, that previous week, the week of uh, January 9th, we had our highest number of hospitalizations, 109 people uh, tested positive for COVID while in the hospital. It was really, really busy. So are most of the cases that you are seeing there in the hospitalizations when they did go up so high, do you know if they're the Omicron variant? Is the Delta variant still here? I mean, I know there's not regular testing for variants here, but can you tell by what the symptoms are? So it is hard to know for sure, but we certainly suspect based on what the CDC has told us uh, that over 90% of the cases in this region are the Omicron strain. Um, the symptoms are definitely overlapping. Um, so, you know, for the most part, Omicron symptoms uh, are similar to Delta symptoms with cough and fever, fatigue uh, being commonly seen. But then for Omicron, it's actually more common to see upper respiratory type symptoms. So sore throat's a little bit more common, runny nose, congestion, and that cough can be from drainage as opposed to something deeper. So, uh, but for the most part the, at the hospital, we think that it's mostly Omicron. Uh, although we do suspect in some cases that Delta is still around. So we saw, as you said, a ton of testing here right after the holidays. We have some video of a line at the Bayfront Convention Center. I mean, the nice thing here was that people could be inside instead of waiting outside to be tested, but this kind of scared people to see people so close together that all thought they might have it. Sure, at the same time, we certainly want to support efforts to get testing as accessible as possible. So as long as you take steps to, to mitigate the, the, uh, the risk of spread, um, it is important to provide as much access to testing either through uh, venues like that or through your primary care physician, express cares. Uh, pharmacies are a great location for getting tested as well. So the more access to testing, the better. Yeah, and then as you said, the testing fell off dramatically. So is that a good sign? I mean, the next time they did it here just a week later, hardly any people there lining up. I think so. You know, we do need to recognize that there are some people that are doing home testing uh, because that's uh, uh, available. And uh, so we're not necessarily detecting or, or recognizing, you know, how much COVID, particularly the Omicron strain is out there because of home testing. Or we do suspect that people are self-diagnosing based on an exposure, and then subsequently, if they develop symptoms, they're not getting tested too. So, uh, but you know, definitely want to make sure that uh, the testing is readily available for those that are looking for it. So, for a long time, we were hearing that hospitalizations were only the people who were unvaccinated, but 
Uh, we've reported that that statistic changed there after the holidays and some fully vaccinated people were in the hospital too. So break that down for us in terms of hospitalizations that lead to fatalities and unvaccinated or you know, people that just come in and need a little support for a while. So um, that did change, didn't it? It did. You know, st still, the majority of our hospitalized patients with COVID are not fully vaccinated. So we know that the vaccine is very protective for complications and hospitalization for sure. But during this month, the rate of those hospitalized has uh, for, that, are, that are not fully vaccinated has gone down. Um, and subsequently, we are seeing uh, breakthrough cases for, for patients that are fully vaccinated. Those cases are tend to, tending to be patients that are older. They have other coexisting conditions going on, like they're immunocompromised. Um, and they, they certainly have less risk for, for complications and, and mortality in the hospital as well. They can also be in the hospital for something else and then just sort of incidentally test positive for COVID. So you don't think, just, just to put people's mind at ease, you don't think that people came into the hospital for something else and got COVID at the hospital. It was just, they had both problems going on? That's correct. It is very rare to actually get COVID while you're in a hospital state um, it, because there's so much community spread out there. So, you know, with Omicron, it's so highly contagious. So that's why it wasn't a surprise to see people coming in incidentally uh, to be testing positive for COVID, but then in the hospital for another reason. So Pfizer is reportedly working on an Omicron specific vaccine. Is that necessary given the fact that we're told that current vaccines and boosters work, as you said, at least to minimize people's illness? I, I think if, if there can be a solution out there uh, to prevent any kind of respiratory illness, safely, of course, with a new vaccine, I would support it. Um, so even though that the Omicron strain is less virulent, less deadly, it's still highly contagious mm. and it causes uh, morbidity. It, it certainly uh, results in people not being able to go to school or work. So I would support a new vaccine out there that's, that's uh, more effective for the, the contagious strain. But right now you're still not supposed to get a booster upon a booster until at least what, five or six months has gone by? That's right. Right now it's recommended, everyone is recommended to get a, a booster above the age of 12. Um, but at the same time, it, there's a, an additional booster that's recommended for those that are immunocompromised. So a total of four shots would be necessary if you're receiving the Pfizer uh, or Moderna shot um, if you're immunocompromised. All right, just quickly, we've had so many people around here in my workplace and people that I know in the community with cold or respiratory symptoms, yet they're testing negative. So I think the question is, um, do they have COVID too? Just not enough to throw a positive test? Why their symptoms seem so similar to the people who have tested positive? Well, yeah, so the positivity rate at its peak was, at least with our data, around 42%, which means that still a majority of the time, there's something else going on. And there's plenty of other respiratory illnesses out there, like rhinovirus or uh, influenza um, or RSV. So, um, you know, the other thing to ask is what type of test was performed? The, the PCR test is, is the gold standard, it's more accurate. Uh, the home antigen test has value, but it has been discovered that 
it, it has less sensitivity, particularly without symptoms, and then earlier on with symptoms. All right, all such good information. When we come back, if somebody thinks they might have COVID-19 or test positive with one of those home tests, what should they do? What should home care look like? And when might it be serious enough to head to the hospital? All that, stay with us. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back to The Insider. My guest again is Dr. Chris Clark, president of AHN St. Vincent Hospital, and we're getting the very latest updates on COVID-19 right here in our region. So if somebody is sick with COVID-19 symptoms, maybe they know they've been exposed to a positive case, they have access to a home test that is positive, what do they do now? I think everyone's so confused by the changing CDC guidance. Do they quarantine? Do they stay home? Should they isolate from other family members? Sure. So if they do have symptoms and they test positive, uh, the guidelines did change to reduce the isolation period, but only under certain circumstances. So, um, you know, it's always safe to, to isolate if you test positive for 10 days, if you can. But if you're feeling better, if symptoms resolve um, or they are improving and you're without fever for greater than 24 hours, uh, there is the possibility that you can return to activity, work, school after day five. So, and that's really day six from when things are detected, once, once you test positive or once your symptoms start. So, but in general, um, if you're not feeling better, um, and the other thing you could do is test yourself uh, with a, a home antigen test. If you continue to test positive, then you definitely still need to isolate. Yeah, but if you test negative, you don't have a fever, even if you have a lingering cough, because as you said, there might still be some drainage going on, it's okay to go back to work, just make sure you're wearing a mask. That is an important recommendation that the CDC put out there, is that a well-fitting mask is still recommended for those that test positive, and if they're asymptomatic or their symptoms are improving, they're still recommended to wear a mask, especially if they're still coughing. All right, so is the minority community catching up here uh, when it comes to testing and vaccines? We've seen the Booker T. Washington Center put on a, a lot of, of clinics. I know we were quite concerned that there wasn't a lot of compliance in the minority community. Um, so what are you seeing there? Is, is that getting better? And as far as the hospitalizations, um, is it any more minority community members than, than everybody else? Uh, so I, I think it is getting better, but there's always more that we can be doing. So, and we at AHN St. Vincent are very proud with the partnerships that we've had with MCIC and the Bayfront NATO uh, organization, uh, the Martin Luther King Center, Booker T. Washington Center. So uh, we want to continue that and provide access to testing. We still offer testing on a weekly basis on Thursdays at the Martin Luther King Center. Um, but in the hospital, we have not seen that be disproportionate, uh, which is good. Uh, but I still promote that it's important to address all the, all the challenges that are out there uh, to access and to, to, to getting the vaccine as and, well. And there's no shortage of vaccine. People can get a vaccine through your family doctor or occasionally there are clinics as well. Absolutely. Plenty of vaccine out there. Uh, we still have weekly clinics at AHN St. Vincent, but all of our primary care offices offer the vaccine uh, to initiate the series or to get your booster. So we, we highly recommend it. And then we also partner with the community centers to offer it off campus as well. 
So returning to your hospitalization, I know you said it was going down, but when people do have those symptoms, when do they decide to head to the hospital and, and what are you seeing as the, as the common presentation? Is it that they're having difficulty breathing or their, their uh, fever is really high? I mean, we hear it in the newsroom, we hear people being transported all the time, but how, how, do, how does somebody know, hey, I gotta get to the hospital? Yeah, certainly if someone has serious uh, symptoms and they know or they don't know they have COVID, uh, shortness of breath, chest pain, uh, symptoms that are getting worse instead of getting better, fever that's not responding to medications. Um, we know that there's certain complications of COVID like blood clots that can cause swelling or, or chest pain or, or worsening breathing and so forth. So those will be all uh, symptoms to be concerned about that you would need to be seen in an emergency department setting. And when these patients do arrive at the hospital, it's my understanding that most are not needing a ventilator now. So what's treatment look like when you get to the hospital? Sure, uh, you know, very commonly we, we do this. We, we investigate the patient's status. Uh, one of the things to look for is, are they oxygen requiring it for, with supplementation? So, you know, we test the oxygen level um, and that is a very common reason for a COVID patient to require hospitalization is that we need to give them supplementation uh, of oxygen in a number of different ways, all the way up progressing to a mechanical ventilation state uh, using the ventilator if someone is needing that. And then are you using therapeutics? I mean, we've heard about, you know, the monoclonal antibodies. I heard recently Florida is stopping monoclonal antibodies. Are, are you utilizing therapeutics as well? And, and how long does somebody usually have to stay? Sure, so um, definitely we give the, the oxygen supplementation, we give steroids. Uh, many times patients qualify for other uh, medications like the antiviral remdesivir. Uh, then we use immune modulator medicines as well for certain patients. Uh, we have the monoclonal antibodies that are indicated for patients that are at high risk for hospitalization uh, but don't yet meet that criteria. And we do have a clinic for that. We're using the Sotrovimab medication, which is specifically indicated now for the Omicron strain and is, uh, uh, again, for high-risk individuals, but not yet requiring hospitalization. So for most people, steroids, a little bit of oxygen support, they get better and you, go, you send them home? That is true for most patients, and, and certainly that's, that's great. We have seen more patients uh, come through the hospital with COVID, have lower lengths of stay, and be discharged home compared to previous strains. So that is indeed true for right now. Uh, unfortunately, there are patients that do not uh, get better uh, still, and it, we're not so sure if it's the, the Delta strain that's still out there, Omicron to some degree, or they have other health conditions that are contributing to their complications. All right, well, we know COVID-19 has been so hard on families, schools, activities, but how hard is it on those frontline workers? Do they feel as appreciated as they did back in the beginning? All that and more when we come back. We're talking about COVID-19 with Dr. Christopher Clark, president of AHN St. Vincent. So let's talk about hospital capacity. Um, I know you said you think you reached the peak. You've had to expand COVID floors. But when we hear those stats that the state puts out about how many ICU beds uh, there are, it's not necessarily relevant 
to COVID because not all COVID patients need an ICU bed, right? That is true. And it's also unique at AHN St. Vincent because of how we built our surge plan in handling our COVID patients. So we actually made modifications in the hospital so that we, we take care of all of our COVID patients, of course, separate from our non-COVID patients. And we created ICU level capabilities outside of our traditional ICUs. So we clearly have our ICU patients separate, those that are COVID patients and those that aren't. So, but for the most part, we've been managing fine through, through this pandemic. Not turning anybody away. That is correct. So how is your own nursing staff faring? I know after the holidays when we saw a community surge, you had a surge among your medical staff too. And when you talk about capacity, um, isn't staff part of that equation? It is indeed. It's generally not a facilities issue, like I just said. It is related specifically to staff. And, and like every other industry and with so much community spread, we had our workforce impacted uh, by COVID through this latest strain as well. Managed as best we could, give the, the team so much credit for stepping up and doing extra shifts. And, and uh, you know, fortunately that's getting better right now, like it is in the rest of the community. I know there are traveling nurses who come into our community on a regular basis, even before COVID. Now there's some legislation that allows you to maybe borrow some staff from some other facilities. Is that something you've had to do? Well, we have used outside support either through our network in, in you know, other hospitals in Pittsburgh helping us out or using agencies, uh, particularly for nurses. There's a number of different organizations that we work with. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it's never been like this before with as many agency or traveler nurses uh, that we're using right now. Uh, it's happening everywhere, and but it has been incredibly helpful for us to take care of our patients. And you do what you have to do. So I know, as you said, we've had higher uh, case numbers than ever yet. Everybody's kind of going out, living life, going back to concerts and sporting events with their masks on. Should they be doing those things? Well, you know, my job is to tell the community to still be cautious, <laughs> for sure. So uh, it's important to recognize what one's risk factors are. Uh, and certainly vaccination status too. So vac vaccine, being fully vaccinated does allow for protection because it's effective in reducing complications and risk for hospitalization. So I'd say to the community, you know, still be cautious, uh, but I do understand what everyone wants to be doing out there to get back to normal. And in your view, fully vaxxed should mean boosted now? I mean, we keep hearing that the CDC might change that definition. I'm not sure they have yet. I, to my knowledge, the CDC has not changed that, that definition uh, and, and may at some point, but uh, you know, I will be the first to say that the, the booster does make a difference. So uh, get boosted in order to make yourself fully protected. Well, when we come back, how COVID-19 is impacting other dimensions of healthcare at AHN St. Vincent and right here in our area. Stay with us. I'm Lisa Adams. Welcome back again to The Insider. We've been talking with Dr. Chris Clark, president of AHN St. Vincent Hospital on the challenges of COVID-19 right here in our area. 
So we heard this early on when everybody was scared and staying home all the time, but are patients pushing back regular procedures or important doctor visits? Are, are you concerned about that or have things kind of returned to normal? Well, I would say it's not normal. Uh, and that was definitely a concern early on. Uh, when the COVID cases slowed down last summer, I would describe what happened was a catch-up period uh, where patients were able to get back to start getting into their routine visits or even getting procedures done. Uh, we certainly got much, much busier last summer as it relates to that. But then the Delta surge hit, so things dialed back again. And, and AHN St. Vincent did, took a very proactive approach to try to control elective utilization so that we had enough capacity and staffing to take care of our patients. And so now as we get past this latest surge, we'll be going back into that situation of getting those patients scheduled so they, that they don't fall behind. We've heard not just locally, but nationally that we might be seeing rising cancer or cardiac death statistics because people skipped procedures and diagnostics. So is that a concern here? It is a concern, I, you know, and I think we'll be studying this for at least a decade. <laughs> um, and we, I don't know of any data that's showing uh, the implications of, of uh, what, what we've been through with this pandemic, but we know anecdotally for sure of people that have presented later, um, either in the emergency department um, and having a heart attack that they might have been dealing with those symptoms for a while, uh, or a later stage cancer diagnosis so uh, because they missed their screening. So we definitely need to be looking at this very carefully and that's why we're saying proactively get back with your primary care physician or your specialist for your routine testing. Okay, a couple more quick questions. A lot of us have become more sedentary during this time, working from home, sitting in front of our computer, watching a lot of TV series. <laughs> so is there some wisdom in preventative uh, health here that we gotta get moving? Absolutely. I understand the temptation for sure, particularly early on uh, when there was a shelter in place order. Uh, you know, but I also have stories of people that took advantage of that time uh, at home. So, you know, a lot of industries are working, their employees are working from home and they use that opportunity to create new routines that included better eating and exercise. So that's what we need to promote. That's good to hear, I need to follow that trend. All right, I haven't left you much time here, but what's new or cutting edge at AHN St. Vincent that you want people to be aware of? So a lot going on, uh, you know, we talked a lot about COVID, but at the same time, we have continued uh, with our efforts to, to, to grow our services, introduce new physicians to this community. We built a brand new interventional radiology suite so that we can offer, for example, targeted cancer treatments uh, so that patients don't have to leave this community. That's a major goal of ours. Uh, we introduced prostate brachytherapy treatments for prostate cancer patients last year. We now offer a robotic approach to treating lung cancer patients for those that qualify for surgery. So lots of things that we've accomplished last year and then many more things coming uh, for new services in 2022 and new construction projects too. 
Exciting news on the horizon, so don't skip your regular appointments or treatments. There's a lot going on at St. Vincent. Well, Dr. Clark, thank you so much for being here and giving us the very latest. It's really good to hear some encouraging news that cases and hospitalizations are going down. Thank you for joining us, too. As always, if you have an idea for us to explore on the Insider, just email me at eriniewsnow.com and join us again next time for The Insider. Thank you.